0: Welcome to the Innovative Leader Podcast with Christy Geiger, Master Certified Coach and David Phillips, Educator, Analyst and Consultant. Our mission is to equip, inspire and transform how we lead in life and work. In today's rapidly evolving world, raising the level of leadership is more important than ever before. Weekly topics support you to navigate the changing tide of business and leadership. Here are your hosts, Christy and David. Welcome leaders, hope you're doing well as uh, David and Christy are back with you today on this episode of the innovative leader and today we're going to talk about um, uh, the idea of reverse mentoring. Uh, it's uh, it's a kind of a trend that's that's growing uh, in 2021 and um, it's something that the organization I work in uh, is starting to promote and uh, so we thought we would talk a little bit about it today, talk about what it is um why we do it. uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about, uh, how to get started. And, uh, and Christy, I know, you know, as we were talking before we started recording, this is a, it's kind of an odd word to use, uh, when we think about, um, leaders, because a lot of leaders don't don't think they need to be mentored. Uh, it it may even be more of a a leadership 2.0 or 3.0 word. Um, but that, that's, that's kind of the, the nomenclature that has been, has been given, uh, to it, um, there's um, there's a lot of stuff uh, out there about it, and uh, uh, I look. F- uh, yeah, I think we can we can bring some unique uh, ideas to the table for it. Uh, tell me, when you think of of, of this topic, uh, what what do you think about uh, when you hear that that term being used?
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting, and I do agree as far as the word reverse mentoring. Sometimes mentoring, if you just think what is the word mentoring conjure up in your mind can be a bit more traditional in nature. But the concept is very 4.0 when we think about this next generation, when we think about the industrial revolution 4.0 and this next era that we're moving into. And again, some of those attributes of the 4.0 era is very dynamic. Uh, Not just a flat organization, but a nimble organization where it's not leadership, you know, 2.0 is top down, 3.0 is a little bit more bottom up, 4.0 is the leader goes where they need to be, and so when I think about this reverse mentoring, I don't think it's necessarily a intuitive word, reverse mentoring is really about allowing and creating space for people who are just entering a organization or a company and for the younger less seasoned people in an organization or a company being able to mentor the older and you know i can think about how in our world whether it's the baby boomers or the silent generations or the gen x like you kind of waited to get old because you finally were in the mentor chair and you've been uh, mentored all of these years by the older sage wise people and you've kind of been waiting to earn the right to mentor and to be the expert and yes now that you're here um sorry Things have changed and mentoring happens from the bottom up. So, you know, sometimes you feel like it's never your turn. Yeah, not your turn, because (laughs) with reverse mentoring, it's the opposite of traditional mentoring, which means that mentoring from the bottom up. But we'll get into it more as far as how it actually creates the space for a two-way conversation. So you do get a turn. But I think it's interesting because... I feel like it can almost have a little resistance initially. Um, You know, our audience is people who are in leadership. Uh, So if you're listening, you may be new to leadership, but typically it's people who are in a position of leadership. And so if you're in a position of leadership, typically we are figuring out how do we lead well in a position of leadership? And the message today is really understanding reverse mentoring is a key strategy and a key approach to getting the voice of your entire organization to the surface without waiting to be called on in a meeting and so anyway I just sorry that's not really an answer to your question I think I have a lot of different thoughts about it and it feels kind of a mixed bag
0: (laughs) yeah you know you know it used to be that wisdom came from from the the aged and I don't I don't necessarily mean old in that point but just people who have a lot of experience, and when you when you went into a uh, an organization, didn't matter how you know what kind of kind it was, you always look to the older people because they've got all of this wisdom and they've got all of this. Uh, but you know, I see it. I see this as um, this kind of move is. Uh, it's not. It's it's um, it's topic based mentoring as opposed to just, uh, you know, an overall mentoring within the mm-hmm. organization. So, so there are things that I know much better about than probably people over me. Um, and so it's an, it's a way, so, so I, sh- you know, just from experience and knowledge and, and practicality, uh, I have some things to contribute to, to senior leadership that, that, uh, may help them. Um, and then on the flip side, they, they probably got a lot of things that they could help me with as well. But, um, so I think if we, we almost have to reframe the idea of wisdom or the idea of, um, uh, the idea of, I don't know what the other term might be, but kind of reframe it as, you know, let's, let's, let's find, uh, mentoring based on topic rather than, um, you know, here's the way you just, just here's the way you do things. Uh, does that make sense?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I do think that it needs to be reframed because if we look at reverse mentoring, and it's almost like using an old word to go, oh, this is mentoring. So we are asking, so think of the newest person in your organization, and reverse mentoring is you being mentored by that person. And so on one hand, it's like, okay, great. I know what that means because you know what mentoring is, but then the reframe of it is, what what do I need to learn from them per se? Versus I think in the 4.0 part of things, it is moving towards collaboration, co-creation, a regard and respect for things that I don't know. And I think part of the reason, and tell me if you feel like you see this in the reverse mentoring, but when we think about new, when we think about the millennials and the Gen Z coming into the workforce, they're bringing a different lens as they come into the workforce because the way they grew up was very different. And so we've talked about how as a Gen X, we are a little bit more trained and mentored by that baby boomer or the silent generation. And so we have our own lens speaking us as Gen X We have our own lens, but it also has been mentored by that older generation. And there's a way, and I think a lot of times with leaders today, when we feel confused or we feel like, wow, I'm not really sure. How do you really do this differently? How else would you do it? Part of those that confusion comes from looking for the answers from the top, versus when we go and we look at the answers from the bottom, They see a different way of doing it because there's resources, tools, experiences, and cross-shared platforms that we may not even be aware of. Right. Which is why sometimes in 4.0, we talk about this web of like, why, if you work in this industry, why do you need to know about technology and social media and marketing and all these different things? You you didn't used to need to know all of that, but now right. you kind of do because these tools intersect. And so when you do the reverse mentoring, I imagine, like, I would love for someone to do that, at, you know, if there is a... a Millennial. I mean, it's cool. My daughter is in high school, and my other daughter is in uh, middle school. But it's great because you can kind of be reverse mentored by them, which is a fun opportunity when you have kids who are old enough because you can allow yourself to be reverse mentored. And I said that to McKaylee too, where she you know, kind of gets in her attitude of mom, you're stupid uh, type thing. I'm like, I'm not stupid, I just don't know. There's things that you don't know and there's things that I don't know. So you know about a technology that I don't know that obviously could help me make this faster or to make a better decision. So I'd love for you to teach me about that Rather than judging me as old fashioned or stupid or not knowing, tell me, I want to learn from you. And I think reverse mentoring is actually opening that door to say, we want to learn.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a humble leadership, um, mindset where, where, um, and it, and it kind of works both ways. You know, your, your daughter thinks you're stupid. Sometimes my son does too. Um, and then sometimes I think he's pretty stupid and. Right. You can learn a lot from me if you just listen. Uh, so, right. but there's a, a humility about that and a patience that that we have to engage in, um, both as a leader and as um, a mentor and as a mentee. Um, and so we have to see ourselves in both uh, in light of both of those things. Um, and so I think that kind of some of the things you were, you were saying, you know, why why would we want to do this? Uh, I think uh, some of the things you made a, a gives us a, a segue into that uh so so um you know m- one of the things that one of the reasons you might want to do this is uh like you said there are a lot of things that people younger in, our, in a generation younger than ours know that we just don't have a clue about um or or we we've heard of them but we don't know how to use them uh and i and i think um that's a great reason uh, One want uh, one great reason to. Um, to consider thinking about this re- reverse mentoring is it, it really does open the door uh, to learn, to have a broader base of, of knowledge and learning. Um, and I know that's really not in our list, but uh, a <laughs> broader base of, of, of learning to help us, um, you know, do things better, be more productive, uh, you know, communicate, um, be all those things. So uh, so that's just kind of one. Um, let's talk about a couple of others. We. we it builds connections and it flattens uh, relationships. Talk a little bit about that.
1: So I think there's a lot of inequality. Uh, We have talked about status and scarf in the past. It's a model by David Rock around the, the scarf model. The first one is S status and how we can get hijacked from that. And a lot of times that person, the lower lower, you are traditionally in an organization you have a hierarchical whether it's the leader the managers the owner of the company whatever it is you have status whether you like it or not you just do and as a leader it is our responsibility to recognize our status so leaders typically feel very normal we put our pants on same way as everybody else don't put me on a pedestal i'm just normal but you don't really get to say that. You have to recognize your status has more authority and power in some way. And so it's the person with status that needs to come down and equalize the relationship. And so when you do reverse mentoring, you're equalizing the relationship. So let's go back to the example of McKaylee and myself. So as her parent, I obviously have more power and authority than my daughter, right? That That's just normal hierarchical relationship. However, and it's not that I don't really believe in the parenting model of be your kid's best friend, um, I'm her parent, but I can equalize our relationship in a healthy way by, say, something like the reverse mentoring, right? So when when we're building that, you know, to your point around building connection and flattening that relationship, it's like this, but I'm going to bring it together um, and make it more level or flat when I am asking not just her opinion, hey, McKiley, what do you think about this? That would be kind of the 101 of this which I think we started doing 3.0 but in 4.0 really building that connection is teach me I've been teaching you what what can you teach me what are you learning about what do you feel is relevant what are your observations and how can you teach me that and me being genuinely curious to learn helps to build that connection because people get excited when they have Honestly, some level of power and authority to share something with you that matters. So at first, it can be an obligation or a chore or a pain, but as they get into their excitement about it, it builds the connection and it creates that equality and that flat relationship.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. Um, I, th- I think the other one of the other things that it does is it um, it it. It builds the 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 relationships at, at every level of the organization. You know, one of my favorite shows uh, that used to be on TV, it may still be on, but I don't think so, was um, Undercover Boss. Mm-hmm. You know, where the the boss went undercover uh, as an employee and and ended up spending time uh, with three or four employees and and uh, listened to them. And, and there were, in many cases, they became good friends. And so now you have the CEO of a company or the this, this C-level uh, CXO of a company um, who's got a relationship with uh, some guy who works uh, in, in one of his franchises in some cases. Um, and and so uh, so you, you build this, this level of relationship throughout the organization. And the, the you know the thing that it does from a leadership standpoint is it allows you to hear f- with those different levels, it allows you to hear from all levels of the organization about the impact of the decisions you make, just simply on employee wellness, on on employee um, uh, how they feel about the organization, all those you know uh, uh, corporate measures that you you want you know do. You, do do your employees like to come to work? Do they are they motivated? You know those kinds of things. So it gives you this platform from from which you can communicate and and have direct uh, connection at all levels of the organization. Mm-hmm.
1: So. I think that's interesting. That's a really great example of undercover boss, because even if you took undercover boss and you said, how was that a type of reverse mentoring? Now, it was a little bit more covert, obviously, because they didn't know that they were mentoring the boss exactly. But really, that is, it's kind of a pure reverse mentoring where they didn't know was the boss, but they were essentially mentoring the boss. Now, if we take that into a relationship where you do know that you're mentoring the boss, Still, to your point, once you get in the middle of that, you get to hear things at a different level. It's different when we're just asking questions. Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, what would you do? Those are questions that can feel very loaded. And we know there's so many books written, you know, radical candor and um, crucial conversations and whatnot. We know people have a hard time with tough conversations that feel like there needs to be truth told. It could create. Um, conflict or that there's a right answer, wrong answer. People have a really hard time with those conversations. So a lot of times those messages are not shared. But to your point, if there's that reverse mentoring happening, like you think about undercover boss and they begin sharing, here's what I see because I'm training you. So when I need to train you to come over here and work on the French fry line, I'm going to let you know that The way that we have the baskets this is how you do it this is how you pour fries here's what to watch out for whatever but you almost accidentally say the problems and the opportunities while you're training watch out this floor is usually wet here you can slip you know if the grease gets over hot this is bad whatever
0: yeah they you know corporate tells us to do this but this is really a better way to do it um you know they're various things like that 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 open the door for for um, you know to, for you to be able to improve uh, the processes and the systems simply because you're listening to people who are actually doing it um, and who bring a, a, a diversity of experience uh, to their um, to their job uh, and um, and could teach corporate uh, or could teach senior leadership a, a thing or two about, you know, the better way to do those things.
1: Yeah, for so, sure. Uh,
0: which kind of brings us to the, the, the second, uh, reason to do it is, is you ha- you're bringing in, you're integrating a, a diversity of skills and talents and experiences and even demographics. Um, uh, uh, and so you, you're actually creating a more diverse, um, organization when you do those kinds of things. Uh, you know, one of the I will say one of the the, the big trends, uh, additionally in in leadership, uh, right now, is a, is a lot built around diversity and inclusion. Uh, you know, so learning and listening to various voices within uh, the organization, various cultures, various uh, races, and um, and allowing them to uh, just being able to listen and and understand what they have gone through. Uh, And so, you know, ideally we do that with, with every one of us, you know, every employee or, or, you know, every group, but um, that's a big push uh, because they, they come at things in a different, in a far different way. Uh, And that's, that's just, that's fine. I mean, that's their experiences their life. And, uh, and we need to listen to that because it broadens our experience and our uh, understanding of, of culture and, and, how we say the things we say and their impact on others, the things we do, and the impact on others uh, simply based on experiences. Um, but this diversity, I, I think, is important within an organization, whether it's skills or talents or experiences, because it it, it, it continues this idea of creating a more of a learning organization. But um, but it, it's also this this to me, it's this idea of humble leadership where you're letting someone else who's had more experience or as much experience in, in an area to, to teach you who've, who've been doing it for a while, uh, that there, there could be a better way.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I was thinking about <clears throat> kind of in the last... In the first point, I think with humble leadership, this whole point that there could be a better way, I think sometimes when we are, you know, you're building that connection and that you're hearing things from a different point of view, a lot of times we can be listening from, okay, what do we need to improve? What needs to be fixed? What is broken? What is good? What's not good? Like we're kind of doing it in a data gathering way for ourselves to make decisions. Um, which is interesting. But then, what you're talking about with the diversity and inclusion and being a learning organization is finding the different way that you wouldn't have even thought of because of a different experience or because of a fully different lens or a different skill set or a different talent base that you weren't even entertaining. Like, it never even occurred to you that you could put seasoned salt on the french fries because you never did that. It was always just white sea salt and and there wasn't any seasoning at all. But you have this person that's from a different part of the country or a different part of the world. And they are talking about something that helps to really foster the innovation and something that is a new and different thought Because you have this and I I think sometimes that's really why the United States has so much innovation, you know, we can mock and kind of spit on the melting pot that the United States is sometimes, but also one of the gifts of that is this diversity of experience and when that diversity of experience comes together, it does allow for different innovation because you know the old saying: "There's nothing new under the sun." So, what is it? It's just putting things together in a different way that create a new rendition or evolution of something, but can add new value.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that's a great uh, that's a great point that there has been so much uh, innovation um, h- here uh, in the U.S. because we have so many different. Um, uh, we have so many different cultures and, and so many different, um, experiences within, within our, uh, our country. And, and you're right that, you know, things that, that we would have never dreamed about ways to do things, um, that they have had to do maybe out of necessity, maybe just out of, um, in some cases, pure dumb luck. Uh, you know, they kind of, you know, hopped on, uh, caught an idea and, and started doing something innovative, um. You know, I think that that's that's a great point, because I, I think um, and, and you're, I think you start, yeah, I think with that diversity that you see uh, in countries, the more diverse a country is, the more innovation. Uh, I, I, that's an interesting thing to, to consider. I, I may do some research into that, because I think um, I think that could, I, you know, I've heard some people make that point um, a lot. And then I've never really thought about it in, in those ways. Um, but that would be an interesting research topic. I think I'll uh, do some work into that. That's a yeah. that's a great idea. <laughs> it kind of
1: validates like it's it's a validation point for diversity and inclusion, where sometimes we think it's a flavor of the day and a you know trendy right. thing or whatever. Versus, well, wait a minute, can let's get past the surface of that and what does this really do? What is the value and why is that important? Is interesting to validate that?
0: Absolutely. The, um, the, the third thing, uh, or the third reason is it really builds a relationship. And so there's trust and respect and equality um, that gets built and, and, and it allows, um, you know, one of the things that, that I've noticed or I've, I've thought about or seen in <clears throat> doing some research is um, reverse mentoring is, is uh, a key to keeping millennials Within your organization, from jumping ship or, or moving, and and I think it's because there's I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is um, it they feel like they they're influencing the organization, which for for that generation and in, in Gen Z, that's going to be huge. But um, I think the the second reason, and the, probably the primary in relation to this, is it that trust relationship is built so they can um, they can you're trusting them they in turn trust and respect you and at that point they will listen to the things that you have to say. Uh, so it's almost a circular um, a circular process that leads to a more a traditional mentoring. Uh, and so I think that's a, I think that's a, a reason that, that we ought to consider uh, doing those things. Thoughts on that?
1: Yeah I think again it's kind of interesting how culture changes because like we started out at the beginning i think sometimes there can be this demanding of the older generation listen to me listen yeah. to me and one thing that's true really about millennials and even more so with gen z if people if people think that millennials had a certain brand That were flippant and whatever some of the negative stereotypes of the millennial and remember stereotypes are only because we saw enough of them that it became a stereotype so a bit of a stereotype of being selfish self-absorbed doing what they want to do disregarding history or all of those things and not interested in these other ways now i don't think that that is true about millennials, I think that is the impression of millennials, but misunderstanding their motives and what they're doing. And for, I believe, with millennials, it comes across that way because older generations don't feel like the millennials are sitting there with their hands folded, waiting to hear what you have to teach them. And the millennials, that's not because they're meaning to be rude or disrespectful. But remember, we're in a society where if you want to publish a book, you can publish a book. It's not that hard. If you want to start a blog or a website or a business, you can do it. Uh, If you want to get your degree online, you can do it. So we're in this, you can do whatever you want to kind of a world. It's not like it used to be where those were really you know you needed to learn and be mentored in order to achieve that and so it's just an interesting thing that millennials show up with this mindset of I can do whatever I want to I'm here to contribute I want to contribute I want to make a difference and so to your point when there's the reverse mentoring and they're able to show up and contribute and make a difference now Now they, and you've learned from them and they are connected to you and they feel a level of respect because you were a humble learner and because you, they felt equal to you in a way of learning and moving things forward. Now, when you have something to say, now they're happy to listen, not because you've earned the right to say something, but because there's respect and trust in the relationship. And millennials do have trust and respect in the relationship. They just are not going to be a slave to history. They're not going to be a slave to shaming or the shoulds of the world. They're not going to do that. And so if you're collaborating and meeting with them on a level of making a difference and moving things forward, they want to hear what you have to say. But they're not going to do it just because they should, or just because you're older, or just because you're in charge. If anything, those reasons are exactly why they're not going to listen to you. So it's just an interesting thing that you kind of have to really invert it, tip it inside or turn it inside out to understand how do you connect. And once you connect, some of the things that you think you're having a hard time connecting with are not a problem at all. Yeah, uh,
0: they, they almost, um, you know, it used to be you were given a mentor. Uh, and now the mindset is I will choose who I, who I will let influence me. Uh-huh. Uh, who, and so from that framework, they're going to make a choice They They could listen to you. They're not going to listen to you because you're the boss. Uh-huh. Uh, they will listen to you because they feel like, uh, they, because they respect you and feel like you have something, uh, to add value to their life. Right. Um, so, you know, that obviously that's, but that's, that's, that's a reason to do it, uh, especially understanding that millennials uh, are going to be the the largest a- aspect of, of uh, workers um, in the country, uh, and they already are. Um, and so we need to, I don't want to say we need to cater to them, but we need to, to build uh, organizational cultures that create this kind of uh, freedom for them, uh, because otherwise you're going to find find it hard to employ people because they're going to be doing their own thing. Uh, right. Those right. kinds of things. Right. Um, so, yeah, so we're, we're kind of getting down uh, close to, to, to the time. How do you, so one of the things we, we did kind of want to touch on is how do you get started uh, with this process? Um, the, the easy way to get started if you've got the, the resources is uh, there are, are Uh, HR components, there are organizations that will um, help you come in and build this mentoring uh, process uh, within your organization. So if you've got the resources, obviously you could you can engage that. Um, But uh, I think think just from a, if you're small or medium-sized organization, one of the things I think that you could do just to kind of uh, in a beginning is to uh, to create a um, uh, to create some kind of uh, uh, day or uh, some kind of internal conference where you let uh, let people present, uh, uh, you know, from their own knowledge base, uh, things that could help the organization. Uh, whether it's virtual or, you know, um, in uh, face-to-face to kind of, you know, reach out to them and, and kind of start that process. Uh, it might help, might be easier for some if it's a, if it's a kind of a big meeting. Um, the other thing you can do, uh, would be to, uh, just a- as the leader, um, just find a new employee and, and, uh, Start spending time with them and figuring out what they know, what they do well, and then learn from that. It, it really doesn't matter what it is, uh, just in the beginning. But f- figure out what they're good at, and then start asking questions and learning. Um, how? Any thoughts on from you on how we could we get started in that process?
1: Yeah, I, like, I do think that we typically go to thinking about building a formal process, which could be good. Like yeah. your idea about a presentation day or something where it's not necessarily all the way reverse mentoring, but it's where people get to train or present on something that they're interested in that they feel like the company would benefit from. So it's kind of global mentoring. Um, so right. one person full out. So I like that. I like the idea of something that kind of is a challenge to our leadership teams, where if you are the owner of your company or you're in the top management of a company that you would bring that and challenge the leaders for a month to find one person to go and be reverse mentored by. And that it would be kind of a, you treat it like a Petri dish type thing where, you know, okay, we're gonna do this for May and you need to meet with this person four times in the month of May. And you are learning something from this person. And each week at our executive meeting, you're going to share the one thing that you're learning from your mentor, from your person. And I think that's why when we started talking, I was like, mentor is such a odd word. It feels like it can kind of be a bit of a stumbling block, perhaps where it's like, okay, this is what I learned from my mentor, that 17 year old guy we hired down in the coffee room, Uh, whatever, right? Like it can feel challenging. So I I think of it more as strategic cross-training and of really, who do you want to learn from? And to really get your head around Again, with Mikhailie, my daughter, I love the things that they're looking at and the things that they're learning and the things that they are putting together. And there are things that I never would have put together. So even if you just put together a set of questions, what are you learning about? What are you curious about? How do you figure that out? How are you solving problems? It's really interesting. You could just interview them, would be one place without making a formal relationship. But I think that it can take wi- a while to develop it. So it'd be interesting if you tried it just for a month and right. you found someone and maybe they're in the organization, maybe they're not, maybe they're just a kid on your block, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But the point is, is that you are learning from someone who's young enough, high school, college, just out of college in their 20s. To me, their perspective is so different. There's something for you to learn from them.
0: Right. Right. And even, um, you know, even if um, you move from uh, department to department or, you know, take a month and, and just have one of the guys, uh, if you own a restaurant, to teach you how to do the, the fry, handle fries, right. uh, or cook the steaks, or make the burgers, and, and you don't go in thinking you know how to do it, you start asking them those questions. How did you do that? Uh, you know, are, do you know of any? Can we do this better? Can we do this more efficiently? When is it busy? How do you handle stress? The the stressful times, those kinds of things. And then, in, in if you've, if the organization's big enough, then move from from region to region or department to department, and mm-hmm. just ask questions and listen to them. Um, I, I think that's a a, a kind of a, a great way to kind of have that to get that process started. And uh, and you're right. It's going to take time. It's not something you can do, you know, one week a month. It, it's got to be consistent, and um, over time, uh, for the, mm-hmm. all of those pieces to build, uh, and you to have, and for you to have the trust and relationship of them, um, and and have that diversity of experience to kind of begin to take hold uh, with you, and and again within the organizational culture.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's good. I think a key piece of it is really to do a little bit of an attitude check, too, that we that you are curious. There has to be something that you're curious about and not just like, oh, I'm curious what's not working over there because that organization is sure underproducing. So I'm going to go get curious and figure out why they are feeling so bad. Uh, That is not curiosity. Yes, you just use the word curious four times, but that's not curiosity. Curiosity is like, I don't know that and I want to learn that because if you go in there with an agenda, it feels like there's the right answer. That's the problem with kind of curiosity and whatever in 3.0 is it feels loaded. It feels like back leading and that you're just trying to get them to say what you need them to say versus you genuinely have no preconceived notion or ideas and that you just want to learn. You are a blank sheet of paper. And if you're not in a blank sheet of paper space, don't do it because that that will erode the trust and the respect. So to have that, get in that blank sheet of paper mode. And you might have to start there. You might have to practice when you're at the grocery store and you're talking to the person who's checking you out. Maybe. You kind of have a subtle ego attitude about that and just be curious like hey how do you like your job what's great whatever like practice that is another good way just to start
0: yeah i think that's really good um because it, because far too many of us have egos of i know how to do this i don't need to learn this uh but again if you if you i, I don't know why that word humble leadership is kind of filling my my headspace today mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think if you have that and, and, you know, we've talked about that before and, you know, not believing, you know, all the answers, right. asking others for help. Uh, I think that that creates a, a good mindset for you. So,
1: yeah, I agree. No, really good topic. So as you leaders are trying it out, maybe try it out this week, this month, as we come into the month of May, this summer, it's a great time. Maybe you even want to have an intern. Kids are off from school. Yeah. Sometimes they look for summer internships. That could be a great opportunity to bring someone into your organization. They could be your sidekick, but you're you know, learning from them while they're learning right. a skill too. Lots of different ways to do it. But as you're trying that out, put a note in the comments. Let us know what you're trying, how it's working. What does reverse mentoring mean to you? What do you see as the challenges of reverse mentoring? Um, how do you think that you can try that out and <clears throat> be successful? Or what, what have you seen? so yeah and share, even share
0: your thoughts are, yeah even if you if you're doing it now we'd love to to kind of know how it's uh, how it's working for you and uh, uh kind of what you're doing so mm-hmm. yeah. well, all right well um listen i uh, hope you have a, a great weekend christy uh and uh, enjoy the weather i hope it's good weather for you and, it's uh, rainy, but it'll be
1: good uh, it'll yeah. be sunny <laughs> Soon. awesome all right sounds good. have you. a great weekend everybody thanks for turning in
0: Yep, absolutely. Take care. Bye. 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 We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Innovative Leader Podcast with Christy Geiger and David Phillips. If you have questions, ideas, or thoughts to share, please do so in the comments. Help us raise the level of leadership and share with other leaders. We want to grow a community of leaders supporting one another. Follow us on YouTube or subscribe on the channel where you get your podcasts. To learn more, check out InnovativeLeader.co. Have a great week and lead well. It matters.